You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pump fakes, looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. Preview edition, week 18, the last show of the year. Thanks for joining us. I am Michael Bumpus with NASA. Chobie, the Seahawks are taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Let's bring Chobie in. What's on tap? What's on tap? Division rival Arizona Cardinals coming into this Week 18 matchup with an 11-5 record. Started the season 10-2 before a three-game losing streak, dropping games to the Rams, the Detroit Lions, and the Indianapolis Colts, but they got a big win against the Cowboys last week. And bump, I don't really know what it is about AT&T Stadium there in Dallas, but Kyler Murray needs to submit for some part ownership or something because that man does not lose there. 5-0 and as a high schooler, 2-0 in college, 2-0 in the NFL as the Cardinals went down there, beat the Cowboys 25-22, to snapping that three-game losing streak. A much, much needed win as they get ready for the playoffs next week. You know, and as of now, the Cowboys, Cardinals, they both hold the fourth and fifth seed in the NFC playoffs, meaning this could be a rematch next week. So it'll be interesting, but let's dive into that matchup. Cardinals are in control for most of the game. They're beating the Cowboys 22-7, to heading into the fourth quarter. However, Dak Prescott got things going with two fourth-quarter touchdown passes, bringing the game to within three points at 25-22 to with five minutes remaining in the game. After Dallas used their final timeout, 251, Chase Edmonds ran the ball, lost it at the six-yard line, but was ruled down, uh, which was a clear recovery by the Cowboys. But since the Cowboys were out of timeouts, they couldn't challenge it, even though replay made it pretty clear that the call should have been overturned. As a result, Murray finished a turnover-free showing, which is pretty good considering the Cowboys lead the league in takeaways, and they were able to run out the remaining clock. And honestly, Bump, the Cowboys had a legit gripe. But earlier in the game, they had to burn a timeout when the Cardinals came out with some trickeration, brought out Murray and their kicker on a fourth down, caused massive confusion. Cowboys defense had to call a timeout. Obviously, that came back to Biden because I think they would have got the ball back with, with you know, a minute or so left, have a chance to win the game. It's not how it went. They lost the game. Uh, offensively, Kyle Murray had a pretty good day. 26 of 38, 263, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Also had nine carries for 44 yards. Chase Edmonds, decent day. Actually, not really got great. 18 carries, 53 yards. Christian Kirk led all receivers with six receptions, 79 yards. The OG, A.J. Green, three receptions, 74 yards. Antoine Wesley, a name that you haven't heard much about this season, had four receptions for 30 yards but did get two touchdowns. So there's only one turnover in the game, which led to a Cardinals field goal, and the Cowboys couldn't get out of their own way, penalized 10 times for 88 yards and just went three of 11 on third down. Now, Bump, when we look at this head-to-head, man, I mean, it's clear, clear in favor for the 11-5 team versus the 6-10 and 10 yeah. Seahawks, but what, what are you seeing from the numbers here? Let's look at these numbers. As you know, the Cardinals are heading into the playoffs. They're 11-5. and five. Your Hawks are 6-10. and 10. Offensively, Arizona Cardinals are the eighth-ranked offense, averaging 377 yards per game. The Hawks are 23rd, but you'll be seeing them slowly climb up in some of these numbers when you look at the Hawks. Rush offense, the Hawks are 12. The Cardinals are 9th. 
pass offense. The Hawks are 25th. The Cardinals are eighth in points per game. The Hawks are averaging 22, which makes them 17th. And the Cardinals are averaging 26 defensively. Seahawks defense moving on up. Hey, ranked hey. 30th, not the bottom of the barrel anymore. All right, the Cardinals are ranked 10th when it comes to rush defense. The Cardinals are 11th. The Hawks are 18th. Pass defense. Hawks are 31st. Cardinals are 8th in points allowed. The Cardinals are allowing 20 a game, averaging that makes them 5th. And the Hawks, 21 a game. That puts them at the 10th spot there. Interceptions, the Hawks have 11. Cardinals have 12. And the turnover differential, the Hawks are plus six, and the Cardinals are plus 11. On paper, the Cardinals are supposed to get it done. I look at their roster. I see what they're capable of. It makes me a bit scary, but you look at what the Hawks did last week. That defense played well. Offense put up 51. I don't care who it is. You take 51. But, um, yeah, it should be a battle. And this this team, they have a weird history, man. This record is interesting. I saw you put down the record um, of this series, Nance, and I laughed to myself. Here you go. Get to know this, this history. Know your history. Well, it doesn't get more even uh, as you could possibly be between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. All-time series is tied at 22-22-1. So not only tied in the loss column and in the win column, they also had that tie back in 2016 in games dating back to 1976. What happened the last time, though? Cardinals came into Lumen Field, beat the Seahawks 23-13. This was Russell Wilson's just his second game back from injury. And before the game, we were feeling good, man. Colin Murray was out. You know, we're in that point where the Seahawks just needed to get one of those two games to kind of get back in the playoff race. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was out. But this dude, Colt McCoy, man, on, came Cole. into Lumen Field, had himself a day, 35 of 44, 328, two touchdowns, no picks. Second time Colt McCoy in the last two years has come into Lumen Field, left with a victory. It was pretty balanced for the Cardinals. Nobody went off. Erks had 88 yards. Green had 78 yards. Rondell Moore had 11 receptions. Seven Cardinals had at least one reception. And honestly, the game came down to, really for me, the Seahawks' lack of offense. But defensively, they played okay for the Seahawks, but they could not get off the field when it counted. They gave up four really long drives, 16 plays, 68 yards, 13 plays, 92 yards. 14 plays, 67 yards, 10 plays, 64 yards. Cardinals dominated time possession. They were 7 of 14 on third down. They ran 79 plays. The Seahawks ran just 49. I believe that's a season low. And and then you just look at the offensive drive chart. I mean, the Seahawks were punt, punt, field goal, field goal, punt, 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 touchdown, downs, end of game. And, you know, despite all that, the Seahawks – DJ Dallas gets in the end zone, making the score 16-13 to with 7.05 in the fourth quarter. However, the Seahawks were unable to get a stop on the next drive, giving up a 10-play, 64-yard drive, ending in a James Conner touchdown. Now, the Seahawks are playing a lot better than they were at that time in the season. Offensively, they were in no kind of rhythm. Defensively, they were doing okay on the scoreboard, but giving up tons of yards and and not really getting off the field. Also, if you remember, that was the game. The Seahawks lost Trey Brown for the rest of the season. So wasn't a great day at Lumen Field. You know, I'm expecting a much different matchup this week. Obviously, Colin Murray is back for the Cardinals. The Seahawks are playing better on both sides of the football. So it should be an interesting matchup as obviously the Cardinals have a lot to play for. Seahawks hoping to spoil that heading into week 18. But while we're talking about the Cardinals, let's take a look around the NFC West. What's the word? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? 
Last week of the regular season in the NFL, and the Rams are sitting on top of the division 12 and 4. Behind them, the Arizona Cardinals are 11 and 5. Niners 9 and 7 in Seattle. One more game. They're 6 and 10, trying to make that at 7 and 10. This past weekend, the Rams took on the Ravens. It was their fifth straight victory, getting closer to an NFC West title, their first since 2018. That year, they went to a Super Bowl. Now, we talked about this last week, but it seems like when Matthew Stafford turns the ball over, he does it in bunches, not just one, not just two. He usually throws three of them things out there, and that's what he did against the Rams. That's to overcome three turnovers from Stafford. He finished the day 26 to 35, 309, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and one fumble. The Rams were trailing going into the fourth quarter, 16 to 7, despite the three turnovers. But Stafford did lead the Rams on a game winning nine play, 75 yard drive, ending with an Odell Beckham touchdown with 57 seconds left into the game. He can turn that ball over, but he will still drive you down to win ball games. I believe that last drive right there ties Russell Wilson now for the most comebacks. Uh, winning drives in fourth quarter and overtime since 2012. Sony Michelle had a decent day, 74 yards on 19 carries. Cooper Cup does what he does, six receptions, 95 yards, one touchdown. Cup is now 136 yards away from setting the NFL record for receptions yards in a season with 1,964, a record held by Calvin Johnson, who was also catching passes from Matthew Stafford. What I like about Cup, though, he, he killed all the noise. He goes, yep. look, man. I'm doing it in 17 games. It doesn't really count. I'll take it, but it doesn't really count. That's the way to go. If I'm him, I'm saying that out loud, but in private, that's my record, son. If I break the record, I'm like, I don't care. Well, yeah. Shoot. When you look at the record books, it's, it's going to say you're number one. No one's going to look. No one cares about that anymore. We used to play 14 games. You think all those guys exactly. back in the 70s are beefing because all their records got smashed? No, people will forget, man. Now, by when he's like 45, 50 years old, people ain't going to care about that. The Rams are taking on the Niners next week for the NFC West crown. I know you're not cheering for somebody during that game, Nass, because that's not what we do here in Seattle. But which team do you want to win that game? You have to, you have to pick one team. Who, 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 not who you're rooting for, but who you betting on? I mean, shoot. I, it's impossible for both of them to lose. I mean, I guess they could tie. So if I'm rooting for anything, I'm rooting for a tie. But... <laughs> Man, that's 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 hard. I mean, I think, I guess I can't say a good thing about either. Or I mean, who thinks gonna win? Not who you want to win. Who you think's gonna win that game? The Rams are gonna win. I think. I think the Rams are playing good football. I think the Niners. There's a lot of questions with Jimmy G, Trey Lance. Is, is Jimmy G gonna come back? The Niners need to get into the playoffs. They need to. If they win, they're in. If they lose, they need the Saints to lose to the Falcons. So they have everything to play for. The 49ers are going to be hungrier, I think, in that sense, but I think the Rams are a better football team. But while we're talking about the 49ers, they handled the Texans last week. No surprise. Texans are a bad football team. Beat them 23-7. to Jimmy G didn't play, so rookie Trey Lance got his first start since week five. He overcame an early interception, had a pretty solid day, 16-23, 249 yards, two touchdowns. Also had eight carries for 31 yards. Elijah Mitchell, great game on the ground. 119 yards on 21 carries, also two receptions, 11 yards, and one touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, kind of the guys that do most damage through the air for them, had combined for seven receptions, 157 yards, and one touchdown. Biggest play was a 45-yard touchdown pass to Debo Samuel, gave the 49ers a 17-7 lead. Niners scored 20 unanswered points in the second half after trailing 7-3. Fred Warner does what he does, 15 tackles, one TFL. 
Now, like I mentioned a second ago, Rams or the 49ers are hoping to get Jimmy G back for the season finale against the Rams on Sunday. And, you know, Jimmy, it's it's such a weird – if I'm a Niners fan, I don't know how I feel about that whole situation, right? Jimmy does enough. You, he has shown you who he is and what he's capable of. His ceiling is a, like a Tier 2, Tier 3 quarterback who's usually not going to kill you, but he's not going to make the crazy plays. He's going to throw for a decent percentage, all that. Trey Lance is the guy of the future, but we still don't know what he has there. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys move forward after this year. Current playoff standings, I'll just say this. Um, quickly, the Packers 13-3, and locked down the number one seed. Rams are 12-4, Bucks 12-4, Cowboys 11-5, Cardinals 11-5, Niners 9-7, and Eagles 9-7, and Saints 8-8, eight and, eight, and then the Seahawks at 6-10. and Saints are the only team still in the hunt. However, two through seven is not solidified in terms of seating, so still a lot to play for this Sunday. And I mentioned this, I mentioned you this to you off air before we started. It is so frustrating that <laughs> if the, the Seahawks pain. would just have not blown a twenty-four to six lead against the Titans, who are obviously a great team, all of a sudden they're the number one seed. We talked about this earlier in the year that we're going to look back at that game and not feel as bad about it. Man, I still feel bad about it. You're up twenty-four to six at home. And then if you just beat the Bears, you beat them 24 to 14 as of last week. You do those two things. I'm not even counting the overtime loss to the Steelers. I'm not counting the loss to the Saints with two missed field goals. I'm not counting being up 17 to 7 against the Vikings. I'm not counting. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. But if you just handle those two games this weekend, if the Seahawks were to win and the Saints were to lose, the Seahawks would be going to the playoffs because They've beaten the Niners twice. The only team they had a tiebreaker on was the Niners. So in that sense, the Seahawks would have finished the year nine and eight. The 49ers would have been nine and eight. Uh, the Saints would have been eight and nine. And then to cap it off, bump all four NFC West teams would have been in the playoffs. But I digress. Was not meant to be. <laughs> didn't happen. So I can I, I I'll shut up about it. I'm still bitter, obviously, <laughs> but. On a happier note, let's get back into this matchup with the Arizona Cardinals man up. Hey, who man's is this? Who man's is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up on Hawk Talk. All right, let's look at some of these matchups. You got to look at the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray versus Seahawks defense on the year. He has thrown for 3,547 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. He also has 83 carries for 388 yards and five touchdowns. The last time the Hawks played the Arizona Cardinals, it was Colt McCoy in for Kyler Murray. He had himself a day, 35 of 44, 328 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, the last two weeks, Murray has 118 yards on 13 carries, which has been great, but overall, his number down, we're used to this guy getting active and going everywhere. Last year, he averaged six yards a carry, 819 total yards and 11 touchdowns. In 2021, he's around four and a half, five yards per rush, and his attempts are down two carries per game. Murray has five interceptions in the Cardinals' losses. So that means you got to get him to turn the ball over. Murray has also fumbled the ball 13 times this season, but somehow they have not lost any of them. That's the luckiest team in the league right now. I don't think I've ever seen a stat like that now. I didn't even I didn't believe it. I looked it up. I checked pro football reference. I cross-checked it. I'm like, this is this dude fumbles the ball all the time, almost once a game, and he hasn't lost one of them. Are you kidding me? 
He gets the lucky bounce every time. That, that's crazy to me. 13. I don't think that's going to be broken for a very long time. 13 of those things. All right. Last week was a big statement for Murray, though, man. Um, he got a huge win. He went down to Dallas and got a dental. We've been waiting on a signature win for Kyle Murray. That's probably his signature win so far, but yeah. they have to get in the playoffs and do what they have to do. Now, the Seahawks will be facing a much bigger challenge with dual threat Kyler Murray. You saw Tim Boyles one week. You saw Nick Foles the other week. It ain't going to be like that. This guy's going to be able to get outside the pocket and throw the football and extend plays. The Seahawks are 30th in total defense, 31st against the pass. The Seahawks defense has had the second most passes attempted against them in the NFL, 619. That means no respect. They're going to try to throw it up. Let's see what Kyler Murray does. Yeah, and it also means they've been on the field a whole lot more than everybody else. So it'll be – they'll have their hands full. Um, it was Kyler Murray for sure, one of the better young quarterbacks in the National Football League. Let's flip it over to our quarterback, number three, Russell Wilson. Um, created a career for Kyler Murray be- because of his success in the skill set and the size and the baseball comparisons, all of that. So Russell in the year, 244 of 374, 2,875 yards, 22 touchdowns and five interceptions, which is crazy to me still. When you see 22 to 5, when we think about the season Russell's had, and it's nowhere near the MVP type season he's had throughout his career, but he's still doing some good things with the football. Last game, though, against the Cardinals, really struggled, going 14 of 26 for 207, no touchdowns, no interceptions, only completed 53% of his passes. Now, out of 157 regular season games, he's only had 20 games with a lower completion percentage. So that kind of shows you how the game went last last time these two teams played. Russell got sacked four times, was hit six times, and the Seahawks were just 2 of 10 on third down. Now let's flip it back to last week. Great game last week, 20 of 29, 236 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Russell was incredibly accurate last week. There was a rhythm. He was able to find DK Metcalf with the exception of that first you know series of the game. The Seahawks scored on nine consecutive possessions. So they had that thing rolling last week. And they're playing a pretty good defense. Cardinals, number 10 in total defense, giving up 322 per game. They're eighth against the pass, allowing just 213 yards per game, and 11th in the NFL with sacks with 40 as a team. As we know, Chandler Jones has made his hay against the Seahawks specifically, so he's a guy that you got to look out for. Obviously, J.J. Watt was banged up and gone earlier in the year. So they do pretty good on that side of the football, so the Seahawks will definitely need to play one of their better games, similar to last week, to have a chance to do anything offensively. All right, we got to go into the backfield. We'll see if these two guys are available. Chase Edmonds and James Conner are both fighting some injuries. But if they are available, these are two guys that they have to really pay attention to. James Conner, Pro Bowl running back. He has 700 yards, 14 touchdowns on the ground, 31 receptions, 334 yards, and two touchdowns through the air. 16 total this season. If he's on your fantasy team, you probably made it to at least the semifinals. Uh, last game against the Hawks, he had 99 total yards and one touchdown, 21 carries for 62 yards and one touchdown and five receptions for 37. Chase Evans, who's also been a great addition to this team, he missed the first matchup, but on the season, he has 116 carries, 592 yards, two touchdowns, 43 receptions for 311 yards. If these two guys are available, even if one of them plays, it's going to be a problem. If both of these guys are available, uh, those linebackers and those safeties are going to have a heck of a day trying to pick these guys about the backfield, getting downhill and tackle. This is a, a great one-two combo they have in the backfield. No question about it, and I think this is going to test the Seahawks. You mentioned the linebackers. Bobby Wagner, we'll see what his status is going into Sunday. Obviously, it didn't look great. Um, Pete Carroll said it was not as serious as they thought. 
We don't know his status as of now, but if he is not playing, the young guys are going to have to shine. Jordan Brooks has been playing lights out this year, and Cody Barton, huge game for him just to show what he can do. He played well last week, and if these two dudes are playing, he's going to need to make a lot of plays in the backfield for the Seahawks to be successful on defense. And Bump, let's talk about this receiving core. Cardinals have one of the better receiving cores in the NFL when they're healthy, but they're without DeAndre Hopkins, who's missed the last six games, or he missed six games total this season, the last three after being placed on IR with an MCL injury that required surgery. Cardinals hoping to, hoping to get him back at some point in the postseason. Probably need to go on a deep run for that to happen. But even without Hopkins, they got some explosive guys. Christian Kirk had a breakout season for him. 75 receptions, 939 yards, five touchdowns. A.J. Green, solid year as well. 50 receptions, 825 yards, three touchdowns. Rondell Moore, who had, was really active against Seahawks in the first game. 54 receptions on the year, 435 yards, one touchdown. He has missed the last two games with an ankle injury, so we'll see if he's out there. And Antoine Wesley, who kind of showed up in the box score last week on the year, only has 17 receptions for 191 yards, three touchdowns. Two of those came last week. Now, defensively, the Seahawks, we talked about this on the last podcast, have been crushed at the cornerback position, you know, whether it's been it's been a revolving door. DJ Reed, Sidney Jones, Bless Austin have all been on the COVID list. John Reed suffered a concussion last week. Michael Jackson came fresh off the practice squad, played 40% of the snaps. You know, the Seahawks have lost um, Trey Brown earlier in the year. They've had all these different guys playing. DJ Reed did make his return to the lineup last week, played really well, two interceptions, three passes defended. Bless Austin was also able to come off the COVID list on Tuesday. So hopefully they'll have a little bit more depth in the secondary because they're going to need it against these guys. Cardinals have the eighth-best passing offense in the league. The Seahawks struggle against the pass, 31st in the league, and they're 21st in the NFL with 11 interceptions. So we'll see We'll see about these guys. DJ Reed has kind of held the water for the group when he's been out there playing really good football. Sidney Jones was playing great football as of late. He obviously ended up on the COVID list, so we'll see if he comes back. But definitely going to have to contain some of these good big-time uh, playmaking receivers for the Cardinals. Explosive offense, but you know what the Hawks have? They got a running back. He's shown up the last three to four weeks. Rashad Penny versus the Cardinals front seven. Last week, Rashad had 25 carries, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. Career highs in both of those things. Penny had 144 rushing at halftime. At halftime, he had a buck 44. That was the most rushing yards in the first half in Seahawk history. The last four games, he had 69 carries. 481 and five touchdowns on the year. He has 96 carries, 559 yards and five touchdowns. He is playing his best football since college, right? This is exactly what we wanted to see out of this guy. Um, the last game against the Cardinals, I believe he touched the ball the first play. If it wasn't the first play, it was the first or second first play. play. First play, boom, big game, 18 yards. We're thinking, here we go. We're starting to see it. But then he got injured on that play. He had one more carry and then that was it for him. We just got to see consistency. I've seen enough to be like, I want this guy on the roster next year. But if he can end this game on a high note, man, the Hawks can look at this roster and say, we legit have a number one and number two, depending on Chris Carson's health. But uh, I'm rooting for the kid, man. He looks healthy. He looks fast. He looks confident. Keep it rolling. Yeah, got to love it. If he does this against the Cardinals, it'll be a big-time statement because I think a lot of the detractors will say, well, he did it against the Texans, the Lions, and the Bears. Well, if he can continue to do this against the Cardinals with a good rushing defense, it'll be a big-time deal there for the Seahawks. Now, these guys have been on, on every matchup all year long because they're that important to the Seahawks offensively, and it's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. 
Last week, DK Metcalf was finally unlocked. Got to see some of the things we've been hoping to see all season. Six receptions, 63 yards, three touchdowns. First multi-touchdown game since Halloween. Metcalf is 91 yards away from back-to-back 1,000-yard season, so hopefully he can get that on Sunday. On the year, 70 receptions, 909 yards, 12 touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, obviously having the best year of his career, 68 receptions, 1,700, uh, 1,077 yards, six touchdowns, set a career high in yards last week. And the Cardinals are good against the pass, and they're, they're led by two dudes in the secondary. If you're from here, you're used to them. Former University of Washington standouts, Buda Baker and Byron Murphy Jr. Buda's having a great year. Got paid all that money and is still balling. 95 tackles, two sacks, six TFLs, seven passes defended, and three interceptions. Interceptions were the knock on him before he signed that contract, so he's definitely making more plays in the secondary. And Byron Murphy Jr., 61 tackles, 12 passes defended, leading the team. Four interceptions, one forced fumble, and one touchdown. So those are those are their dudes in the secondary. Kind of need to know where they are at all times. And I just want to see back-to-back weeks where one of these guys can have two straight performances that are good. DK showed us three different ways he, he can get the football. I want to see that implemented this week, and they're going to need it because, like I mentioned, Cardinals got some ballers on defense. They're a good secondary. So hoping that these guys can get loose. And for the final time this season, I know it hurts, but Bump, let's figure out how the Seahawks get it done. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. This is how the Hawks are going to get it done their last game of the season. First and foremost, you have to contain Kyler Murray. He's a special guy. He will get outside that pocket. He will let it loose. He will use his legs. He'll slide. He'll get out of bounds. He'll break your ankles. Whatever you want to do outside that pocket, he can do. Carlos Dunlap and Daryl Taylor need to be disciplined in their pass rush and then create turnovers. We mentioned in their losses, Kyler Murray has five interceptions. He has fumbled 13 times. He hasn't lost one yet, which is amazing. Let's get him to fumble and actually lose one. All right, interceptions, fumbles, Force him to turn the football over. No question about it. There's no way that streak can continue going. I mean, he hasn't recovered all these, but his linemen are recovering, running backs are recovering. It it makes no sense to me, so hopefully that'll change this Sunday. Run the football. Run the football. The Seahawks have been at their best this season when they've been able to run the football. Need a heavy dose of Rashad Penny, as you talked about, Bump. Want to see him carry the ball 25 times again for the second consecutive week. He's increased his carries every single week the last four and I want to see him do it again. I want to see him, as Turbo was talking about in the post game, be that bell cow, be able to carry it 25 times again and make it out healthy. That's what I want to see from Rashad. We need to see Russell Wilson do what he does. We need him to take care of the football. We need him to be accurate. We need him to connect on the deep balls. We need him to make great decisions. We need him to look like the guy we saw last week and the guy that we've seen for 10 years now. Heavy dose of DK and Lockett. If you want to be explosive, 14 and 16 have to be involved in your game plan often and accurate. That doesn't mean just going deep. That means hitting them underneath force. And sometimes you got to force feed them. Yeah. You gotta, I, I believe you can throw a slant against any coverage. If the receiver and quarterback on the same page, throw the slant. I think if Russ and DK can get on the same page here, they'll be good. They've missed a couple of times on some open slants. Yeah, you're right. That's something that they should not ever, you know, not connect on with their talent level and how good they can be. I think you're absolutely right. Want to see more of that. And get back to owning the NFC West, man. Obviously, you didn't win the division this year. 
you win this game, you'll finish three and three in the division. I don't know. Something about seven and ten feels better than six and eleven. End the year on a strong note. There's a lot of things that have happened this year that haven't gone the Seahawks way, but there are a lot of positives to take out of this season. So finish on a high note. Finish on a high note. And reminder, guys, you can hear us everywhere on Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Also check in on the Seahawks Insiders with Jen Mueller and John Boyle. The huddle with Dave Wyman, Stacey Ross, and Jay Keeps. Seahawks stories with Robert Turbin and Seahawks Rewind. Hear an instant analysis right after the game from Seahawks Radio Network. Catch player interviews, reaction from Michael Bumpus, Paul Moyer, Robert, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Bump, let's finish this year with a win, please. That is it for the last time, folks. That was the Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 18. The Hawks are taking on the Arizona Cardinals. want to thank everybody who's been on the show. Nasty Chobie, the greatest producer slash co-host in all the land. I'm Michael Bumpus. We'll talk to you guys next year. Have a good one.